0: See
1: Grace and peace and welcome to Cokesbury United Methodist Church here in Woodbridge, Virginia. My name is Taylor Mertens and I serve as the pastor here. I'm delighted that you have decided to join us for the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are rounding out the season of Advent. We are knocking on Christmas Eve's door. It's an exciting time to be worshiping the Lord in holy splendor today to hear what God has to say to us today about who we are and whose we are. There are a number of things that are going on in the life of our church. The first thing I want to make mention of is that there is an online bulletin. uh, You can find the link for it in the video description. Uh, That that bulletin will have our scripture, hymns, uh, all those sorts of important things. So I want to draw your attention to it. We're going to be having two Christmas Eve services on Christmas Eve. The first is going to be happening at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in our parking lot. It's going to be a drive-in service. We'll also be streaming that online. Uh, So plan if you live locally to come join us in the parking lot at 3 p.m. on Christmas Eve. We're also going to be doing this in conjunction with a a gently used book for uh, Featherstone Elementary School, which is right across the street for us, Uh, books and uh, calculators. So if you have uh, kids books at home or gently used calculators, preferably the solar powered kind, uh, bring them with you to our Christmas Eve uh, drive in service. We're going to be collecting those to bring to Featherstone after uh, the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be having that service. It'll be pretty short, 20 to 30 minutes, prayers, scripture, homily, that sort of thing. Then we're also going to be having a 7 o'clock service online that will take place here in the sanctuary. Those services will be different from each other with different scriptures and prayers and homilies, so they'll be unique from one another, so you can enjoy both of them. Uh, But we want to make sure you know about that. We're also continuing to send out devotionals, and we do Facebook Live videos, all sorts of ways to stay connected in a time where it feels like we're so... Disconnected from each other. But as I said, today is the final Sunday of Advent as we come closer and closer to the manger, closer and closer to the arrival as the baby born king, and closer and closer to the time of anticipating God's triumphant return uh, at the end uh, in the eschaton. So please continue to prepare your hearts and minds for worship. We're going to have a silent prayer. And after we pray silently, we're going to have a family from our church lighting our Advent wreath and offering us the Advent uh, reading. So Let's bow our heads in prayer. And all God's people say, Amen.
0: Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation that your Son, Jesus Christ, at His coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for Himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord, as we light the final Advent candle, we pray for the wisdom to reflect on our lives constituted by, through, and in you. As we prepare for the arrival of your incarnated Word, Speak your word, for we, your servants, are listening. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful, wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.
1: Let us pray. Lord, you are great, exalted, and holy above us and all people. This is your glory that you do not forget us or abandon us or reject us despite all that speaks against us. And your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, you have given us nothing less than yourself and all that is yours. We praise you that we are invited as guests at the table of your mercy throughout our life and beyond. We spread before you now all that troubles us, our mistakes, our errors, our transgressions, our sorrows, our cares, also our rebellion and our bitterness, our whole heart, our whole life, better known to you than it is to ourselves. We commit all this into the faithful hands which you have outstretched in our Savior. Take us as we are. Strengthen us when we are weak. Grant us the poor the bounties of your blessings. Let your loving kindness shine upon our loved ones, Upon all people those in the pangs of misery illness or death bestow upon all in leadership the spirit of justice some measure of your wisdom that they may strive for peace on earth give a clear and courageous witness to all who are called to preach both here and across the world grant today to the whole Christian Church and to all the world as well that we might break through the glitter and the vanity of this holiday season and truly celebrate you with us. And now, Lord, each of us will lift up to you either silently or aloud our own joys and concerns this day. And as you taught us, Lord, so now we pray together, our Father who art in heaven, our scripture reading today comes from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1-11, through 11 and verse 16. Hear now God's holy word. 2 Samuel 7, 1-11, and 16. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I'm living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go! Do all you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more, and evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our hymn today is number 211 from the United Methodist Tymnal 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We're going to be singing together verses 1, 5, 6, and 7. If you're unfamiliar with the words, you can find them in our online bulletin. So join me over at the drums. I'll be playing and singing, and I encourage you to join me in singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, are you the one to build me a house to live in? Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was the perfect Christmas Eve service. The weather was just cold enough uh, with the faintest hints of snow falling from the sky without it worrying people away from driving to the local church. The, The little cherubic children had been practicing away in a manger for months and months and they were finally ready to sing before the gathered people with little pipe cleaner halos hanging above their heads. The pastor had prepared the perfect pulpit proclamation with enough humor and theological gravitas to get the priesters that is the Christmas and Easter only crowd, back in church the following Sunday. And the coup de gras, the, the highlight of all highlights, was the, the so-called living nativity scene outside on the front lawn of the church. It had the, the holy family, the magi, the angels, the shepherds, the sheep, the goats, and one particularly cheerful looking donkey. Like I said... It was perfect. Now, at the end of the service, while, while groups made their way up to the altar to take their traditional family color-coordinated Christmas Eve pictures, for Instagram as the pastor shook hands and made small talk with all the unfamiliar faces while the organist went through a carefully crafted holiday medley as the poinsettias were passed out to later adorned dining room tables while children were scarfing down the sweets that were promised to them for good behavior during the service as the ushers were counting the largest offering ever received on Christmas Eve. Joe and Maria, a man and a young pregnant woman, were standing outside the church Shivering in the cold. Their clothes were mismatched from an assortment of different thrift stores. Their bellies were rumbling at a volume that could only rival the braying donkey. And they were praying. Praying that someone, anyone, would help. So they waited. Listening to the laughter and the frivolity that was taking place just on the other side of the sanctuary doors. And finally... While families were falling out of the church, the couple spoke softly and humbly, and they asked if anyone had a place for them to stay that night. And every single person, pastor included, walked right past them as if they didn't exist. Merry Christmas indeed. King David was feeling high and mighty, all settled in his house. He, he sends for the prophet Nathan and says, hey Nate, Don't you think it's about time that we built a temple for the Lord who has delivered us from the hands of our enemies? I mean, we've got all this power and wealth, and what good is it if we don't show it off? You know, for God, of course. The prophet says, "Uh, sure. Sure, Dave, the, the Lord is with you. But that same night, while the prophet was asleep in his bed, the word of the Lord came to Nathan and said, Are you out of your mind? Go and tell that David these words. I don't need a house to live in. I don't need a box for you to store me away. And I am the Lord your God. I'm a mover. I'm a shaker. I've got things to do. You can't domesticate this spirit. Remember, it was me, the I am, who took you from your father's fields. I was with you when you took down Goliath. I was with you when you danced before the ark. And I will be with you until the end. I've got plans for my people, so don't waste your time and my time with a temple because greater things are in store for my people. An apt and succinct summary for this passage from 2 Samuel might be this. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. In the strange new world of the Bible, we, we come across a king and a prophet who are contradicted by the word of the Lord with all their comfort and all their complacency, they were so sure they had it all figured out, only for God to turn it upside down. And today we've got plenty of examples in which, you know, both in the religious and in the political realms, there are those who have no doubt at all as to what God's purposes or plans are, only to have them 180 eightied. There's a church in San Francisco, It's having a problem. On Sunday mornings, while families and individuals walk through the main doors, they're treated to the smells and the sights and the sounds of the homeless individuals who had slept in the alcove the night before. Now, sure, the ushers had had shooed most of them away before the service every week, but their presence was still very palpable. So, week after week, the pastor and the leadership of the church, they have fielded complaints about this problem, and people want to know what they can do to help. So, like any good church, they formed a committee, they started a fundraiser, and in a few short weeks, they amassed $20,000. It's a true story. 20 grand in a few weeks. And they decided to put it to good use. So, do you think they used that money to start a feeding ministry? Do you think they used that money to subsidize low-income housing for those in need? Do you think they, they used the finances to start a job training program? Nope. They used that 20 grand to install a motion sensor sprinkler system with the solitary and sole purpose of spraying water every 60 seconds throughout the night to prevent anyone from ever trying to gather in the alcoves again. The word of the Lord today in 2nd Samuel, it serves as a warning, a warning against any overly assured reading of the will of God and reminds us pertinently that God is God and we are not, that when we are sure God is with us, the only thing we can be sure of is that God is not. But it's a great challenge because we are so sure most of the time of what God is up to, particularly during Advent. You know, most of us have heard the story of Mary and Joseph, Maria and Joe, making their way to Bethlehem so many times, or we've seen so many plastic nativity scenes or we've we've heard the crooning christmas carols over and over again so much so that we cannot see or hear how bewildering this story really is you know, our advents our christmases are far too domesticated for the lord who refuses to be kept in a box consider God scatters the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. God brings down the mighty from their thrones. God lifts up the lowly. God fills the hungry with good things. God sends the rich away empty. We worship a God who acts before we do and more often than not catches us by surprise. But David, he lived a life full of surprises. Anointed by the prophet Samuel after taking, after taking care of his father's sheep one afternoon confoundingly takes down the mighty Goliath, has to hide away from the wrath of King Saul in a cave, eventually becomes king himself over Israel. I'm sure David was handsome and crafty, but the only reason David got to be the David we know is because God was with him. And yet here, as we read today, near the end of his days, he thought it only right To build a dwelling place for the Lord, who had delivered him and his people again and again. But God doesn't rest on God's laurels. God is in the business of finding dwelling places not for God's self, but for God's people. God is always ahead of us. From making a covenant with Abraham to waiting in Galilee for the disciples on the other side of the resurrection, God is moving and acting and shaking things up in ways that will Always surprise us you know, who who could have imagined that the second-born heel-grabbing twin would be the one through whom God's blessing would be bestowed who could have imagined that a harlot living on the edge of Jericho would one day be part of God's salvific genealogy who could have imagined that a little shepherd boy would one day be king in all times and all places we do well to dwell upon the idea of where God is moving ahead of us, acting in ways that we cannot even imagine. It's good for us to think about what assumptions we have about what is perfect and pleasing in God's sight. It's important for us to think about the ways in which we're still trying to domesticate God's spirit. It's important for us to think about how receptive we are to a God who blows where God wants and that where God wants to be blowing might not be where we want to be going. Remember, God delights In surprises over and over again in Scripture and in life God chooses the unexpected to bring about the kingdom of God God plucks people out of complacency and says in different ways shapes and forms I've got a job for you God stirs up our understandings of the world flips them upside down and has the gall to call it all good news this is the final Sunday of Advent It's our time between time. This season has a way of setting the stage for the already but not yet, all while at the same time getting under our skin because Advent compels us, downright forces us to slow down, to wait and to notice what we so often miss. God is God and we are not. God works and moves in the world's in ways that we would not, were it up to us. And here, on the final Sunday of Advent, with thoughts of David and Nathan, with thoughts of Mary and Joseph, Maria and Joe, we cannot help ourselves but relish in the strange and wondrous and confounding good news of Christmas. For the Messiah is born in the last place left in the little town of bread, to a virgin named Mary who has no standing in the world whatsoever. The Messiah grows up in the hick town of Nazareth, leaves only to spend the rest of his days among the last, the least, the lost, the little, the dead. And, most surprisingly of all, our Messiah becomes obedient, even to the point of death, death on a cross. That's the God we worship. God is not some perfect and clean and respectful and tame deity that we often domesticate throughout the church. Our God is on the move, upsetting expectations, calling upon people we would usually ignore, making a way where there is no way. God reminds Nathan, and therefore David, that God is perfectly comfortable remaining in the tent. Why? Because tents are meant to be moved. We on the other hand we we rejoice in building temples and monuments and buildings to proclaim stability and importance we do this in large part because we are afraid we are afraid of being forgotten we are afraid of death we are afraid that we won't have anything to show for the lives we've been given how does god respond to our attempts at permanence well god laughs God laughs at our feeble attempts at immortality by kicking up the winds of change, declaring that all things are being made new. God laughs at our struggles for perfect mortal existence and proclaims forgiveness for all of our sins. God laughs at our certainty. It shows up in the most surprising of ways as a baby to change the world. So I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. <clears throat> Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Unsettle our hearts and minds and souls that we might prepare ourselves for your surprising spirit. We confess that we are solely hindered by our sins, and yet we know that your grace is enough. So pour out your grace upon us over and over again, Lord, that we might be the people you've called us to be. Amen. God has gathered us together. God has proclaimed God's word, and now we respond to what God has said with the giving of ourselves, our time, our efforts, but also our tithes, and our offerings. I encourage you to give with glad and generous hearts to God through Cokesbury United Methodist Church. You may give online. Uh, the link for doing so is in the video description. You may give by sending a check uh, through the mail to the church or you may give if you live locally. Uh, we, we, you can drive by and drop off your offering in our uh, drop slot we have by the main office doors. But give, give with glad and generous hearts that we might be a church that proclaims God's grace, that unsettling grace turns the world upside down now and forever another way that we like to respond to what God has said is by affirming our faith using the Apostles Creed so let's all join together and affirm our faith I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth in Jesus Christ his only son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried May the God of grace and glory, God of the beginning and the end, the God of life, death, and resurrection, unsettle your expectations, turn your world upside down, that you might truly be prepared for Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I look forward to gathering with many of you on Christmas Eve, whether locally at 3 o'clock for our drive-in service or online at 7 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And also next Sunday as we continue to learn more about who God is and who we are in relation to the great God on high. Go in peace, be well. Amen, amen, amen.
0: Lay down his sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are low my cradle till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and bid us for heaven to